Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Amen. So I want to talk to you tonight. Uh, Our church just ended a series that we called Breakthrough, and Pastor Matt was talking a little bit about that at the end of worship. Uh, this word breakthrough. I'm not a guy that typically does, like, I don't have, uh, like, the word for the year guy, you, you know? Um, I, I love pastors that do that. Honestly, I'm like, man, I wish I was close enough to God that he would give me that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, maybe there's more growth to go there. But this year, I really felt like God led me into the, to our year at Church on the Rock for uh, this word breakthrough. And, and uh, it, it was birthed in the song. You've probably heard it. super popular. It's called breakthrough. Uh, I'm not real creative, but I'm a really good copycat. And, uh, and so uh, it was just birthed in this song. And so we, we started a series in our church called Breakthrough, and we just really began to speak into that because I, I believe with all of my heart that for us, okay, that this is a year of breakthrough for Church on the Rock. Uh, and I think in a lot of ways, I think that our church as a family is going to break through some barriers and break through some things we're believing God for. But really, it's about the individual. And it's about what they're experiencing in their walk with God. That, that like, I want to see them have the breakthrough that they need, that they're believing for, that they're calling on God to have in their lives. And here's what I love about God is that he's bigger than one house. And so I think what God would want to do in our house, God would also love to do in this house. And so I guarantee you that every single one of us sitting in this room right now, all of us would, would say, God, I would love to see breakthrough in some area of my life. Maybe it's a bondage to some sort of a, of a quiet sin uh, in your life. Maybe it's for your b- business to finally kind of get off the ground and take off. Maybe it's for your marriage to find that life again or for your, for your child to just come back to the heart of God. I don't know what you might be believing for, uh, but I want to talk to you tonight about breakthrough. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I- I'm actually going to kind of encompass the entire four-week series that we did in January into one night. And don't worry, it should only take like three hours. That's it. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I've packaged it for, for you tonight. Uh, I'm going to give you five weapons tonight is my hope. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to expose five, five weapons from Joshua chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to uh, get them out and turn to there or, or pull out your devices, your iPhones or whatever. Or uh, I believe they'll all be on the screen behind me. But I want to take you to this amazing story found in the book of Joshua where God is moving people. God's always moving us, isn't he? Just one step at a time. God's always taking us somewhere. There's a journey. And so God is moving his people, and, and they're transitioning. And so the people, uh, the, these, these Hebrew people, they've, they've been in slavery uh, years ago in Egypt, and then uh, Moses leads them out into the wilderness, and they go through this very, very important process where God is really uh, teaching them how to know him how to journey with him, how to understand how uh, his heart moves and uh, how his, his mind thinks and the way that he functions, right? Because come on, I mean, how many of you know, like, you can come out of slavery but still have slavery in you? And so, God, this, this wilderness uh, sort of experience for them was really, really important to, to, to transition them. Hey, I need you to stop thinking like a slave. I need you to learn how to do life with me and, and how you can just operate in a relationship with me because there's promises for you. And really, honestly, this is exactly what God does in all of our lives. He was just wants to get us out of slavery, take us on a journey because there's promises ahead 
for us. And so as we go into Joshua chapter 6, that's sort of the backstory. Now Moses has passed away. Uh, he's transitioned leadership over to this amazing leader by the name of Joshua. And what we're going to do is we're going to read a lot of verses, and I'm just going to draw some things out tonight. I'm going to expose five weapons, all of which uh, we'll be able to apply to, to your life. But there's one there's one that's going to mean more to you than all the rest, and I want you to be looking for it. I want you to determine, like, which is the weapon that I need most in my life. That's going to play an important part in our talk later. So Joshua chapter 6, we're going to get started. You'll see some highlights and stuff in here. Now, the gates of Jericho, pay attention to this, they were tightly shut. They were closed up tight. So Israel's approaching this city called Jericho, and in order for them to reach their promise, they've got to go beyond the walls that are there. And they were shut because the people inside, they were, they were afraid of the Israelites. And no one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the city once a day for six days. The seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying the ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the city. Can you see there's like sort of this theme starting to come up? I want you to do it seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give the long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. And then the walls of the city will collapse and the people will charge straight into the city. Verse 6, so Joshua called together the priest and said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assigned seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave the orders to the people, march around the city. Are you see, There's a theme. You see in it? All right, march around the city. And the armed men uh, will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Verse 8, after Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching uh, in the presence of the Lord, blowing horns as they marched. And the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed behind them. All right, we're going to skip ahead a few verses and just read a little bit more. Bear with me. I'm going to make it all make sense. Uh, all that we're going to skip in this context is Joshua basically repeats to the people everything that God just gave to him. You track? And so he's now communicating to the people, hey, this is the strategy. This is what we're going to do. Verse 15, on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and they marched around the city as they had done before. But this time they went around the city seven times. And on the seventh time around, as the priest sounded the long blast of the horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute uh, and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Don't take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring, bring trouble on the camp of Israel." Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. All right, verse 20, we're almost done. When the, uh, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. And suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelite, Israelites charged straight into the city, and they captured it. And they completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys, everything. They destroyed it all. All right. Here's this amazing moment, right? Israel facing uh, an impossible odd. There's a barrier between them and their promise. There's something that's keeping them from where God wants to take them. There's something bigger than they are. There's this, there's this walled city called Jericho. And the Bible says that the gates of this city were tightly shut. They were just closed up tight. And right now in your life, you might be feeling like there are some things that are shut up tight in your life. 
Like, man, if, if only I could this. If only I could forever leave behind that. Oh, if, if only I could ever get myself to this place in my career, this place in my journey with God. If only I could get to a place where I had it like they had it. Or I don't know what it is that you might be thinking of. Maybe there's something that's got you captive, held tight. Like, man, I just, God, I want to be set free. There's some sort of barrier. There's a gate that is tightly shut that is keeping me from the promise of God, I want you to begin to get that thing in your mind tonight because what we see happen is that God gives some commands, some marching orders, some instructions, and he says, here's what I want you to do. Israel begins to walk it out, and then we see the supernatural power of God move in the lives of Israel. I just want to say something as a bonus to you. Don't think that God doesn't want to do something supernatural in you. Like church today, and I'm, I'm a pastor, and I'm as guilty as anybody, we're, like we get really good sometimes about creating systematic approaches to everything, and hey, this is popular, and this draws people, blood. and then if we're not careful, and we're not careful, and by the way, your church isn't guilty of it, I don't think ours is either, is that we can put boxes around our God and then just completely box out his ability to do something that doesn't fit in our plan. And I just want you to understand that like God is bigger than what we can think, hope or imagine, and supernatural breakthrough is very much possible for you. So I don't care how long you've struggled with it. I don't care how, how long you've seen these gates in front of you. I want you to believe God for something supernatural. Amen. But there's something, there's something that th this weapon, there's five I want to point out. And the first one is this. You can write it down if you're a note taker. Uh, the first weapon to our breakthrough is his presence. It is the presence of our God. Can, can, I, can I say it like this? This is how we said it in our series at our church, that his presence produces his power. Uh, let me put it into colonial language. Proximity to the Father <laughs> produces, come on, right? Hey, I listen to your pastor preach too. He's good. And proximity to the Father brings the power of God into our lives. And if I need breakthrough, it's because something is holding me back that's bigger than me. Like the power for me to get on the other side of my Jericho wall means that something is bigger than I am. I, I actually don't have it in and of myself to do it for myself. Otherwise, listen to me, if you could have set yourself free, you would have done it by now. But something's holding you back, and it's something in the, in the spiritual realm. And what God is saying is, I want to set you free of that. And here, here's what I want you to notice. In verse 8 of Joshua, it says that they marched in the presence of the Lord. They weren't just going for a walk. They were making sure that they were in God's presence. They had the Ark of the Covenant with them, which is the symbol. This is where the presence of God would reside for Israel. The difference between you and Israel is that as a Christ follower, the presence of God resides in here. It's like it's within us. And so what they, what the, the weapon that they pulled out first is, hey, man, let's just make sure that everything we do, we do it in the presence of God. Let's don't, let's don't focus on our own power and our own strength and our own systems and our own abilities. Let's trust our God to do the things that only our God can do. And they begin to walk in his presence. I love what you are preaching right now at Colonial. I love what you are preaching because proximity is important. 
And I just want to say a couple of practical things to perhaps some of you. All right, some of this will, will, will mean something to some of you, and, and some of it won't. But there are a few of you, perhaps in this room tonight, God brought you here just because he had a word for you and he was going to use me to do it. But you don't know how to get in proximity of God. Like, you don't know how. Well, I didn't grow up in church, and I don't really, we talk about prayer life, and we talk about Bible, like, I don't really know how to do it. So, so let, me, let me help you plant in God's house. This is your proximity. This is how you're going to learn how to cultivate a relationship with God. This is how you're going to discover how to get near him is to be shown by people who are doing it in front of you. So it might start with just church on Sunday for you, and it just might be something like, oh, well, yeah, I just keep coming, but you're not experiencing the power of God anywhere else in your world, only here. So listen to me. Why would you make this an option and not a priority? Can I preach? Can I preach? So for some of us, man, for me, I need the presence of God. And if you don't know how to get the presence of God, then you need to surround yourself with people that know how. So that as you're walking, you are walking in his presence. Because God, I need to be walking in something that's bigger than me. The second thing that, that I noticed, this other weapon, uh, is their ears. Israel uses their ears. How, how do you know they use their ears? Because God gave marching orders to Joshua. And the Bible says, verse 7, that he gave the orders to the people. He begins to speak. I, I believe in divine uh, order and authority, I think that exactly the way your church is structured is exactly the way that God would set it up. I think that God placed your pastors in your lives to be a voice to you because God set all of Israel free in the promised land. He spoke to Joshua to get them there. And so for some of us, sometimes like we, we struggle to, to kind of fall under some authority sometimes. Well, I don't really like what they're saying, but you know what? God put them there because that's who God's using to get your ears to learn how to listen to what he's trying to say. Yeah. Now, the Bible says King David, he said it this way. He said, I incline my ear to your precepts. I incline my ear. In other words, I set my ear. Now, I, uh, I used to work out a lot. I, I don't anymore, obviously. Um, <laughs> But I used to work out a little bit. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rabbit trail just for a second. Um, I, f I fell out of my gym rhythm because, you know, like the, the, the growth of our church and the, the season with my kids and all this kind of stuff, something had to go. And so a few years ago, three years ago, I was like, all right, I got to get back in the gym, Pastor Matt. That's what I said. And so I made a New Year's resolution, and I was like, I'm going to the gym five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Monday through Friday, five days a week for one hour. I'm going to the gym. Um, sadly, I completely failed. I didn't pull it off. I didn't do it. So last year, I was like, all right, fine, fine. I'm going to negotiate with myself a little bit. I'm going to lower the bar some, but I'm still going to try to stretch. So I'll just go to the gym three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's, that's a little bit better. And sadly, I failed again. <laughs> but this year, I tried it again. And I just want you to know, like, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I said this year. I said, I'm going to drive past the gym in my car at least one time every single week. And I'm slaying that. I just want y'all to know. Killing that. <laughs> David said, I incline my ear. I, I incline it. And in other words, like it has to be set. Uh, if you go to the gym, and I know some of, some of you do, if, if you go to the gym and you get on the bench press, the incline bench would be the most difficult. In fact, most guys, and there may be exceptions, I'm sure, but most guys would be able to press less weight from the incline position than they would in any other, whether they're flat or declined. Let me say it to you this way, that our ears, they naturally decline. I never drift in the right direction, ever. 
When I drift, it's the wrong way. I never find myself staying up late watching a movie accidentally eating celery. Doesn't happen. It's always ice cream. Every time. Because my default is to the flesh. The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so I understand there's this default. And so what I have to do is what King David talked about is I actually have to incline my ear. I have to set my ear to hear from God. And so how, how then, pastor, would I set my ear to hear from God? Well, again, I've got to plant somewhere. And I love y'all's language, planted and flourishing. Well, I love it because I need to plant somewhere. And by the way, I use it a little bit, but I don't use it like language at Church on the Rock. Don't tell on me, everybody, okay? I just, I just sort of filter it in there because it's rock solid. So I'm going to incline my ear by actually plant, getting some roots to grow somewhere and allowing someone to cultivate that in me. I'm going to incline my ear by getting into a connect group and starting to build some relationship with somebody who can actually help me to get this thing become like a functional thing in my life. I'm going to incline my ear by learning, okay, what is it that I, I, this is a big book and I don't really know how to navigate my way around here. Listen to me, there are too many resources out there to help you learn. It starts in church, it moves to a connect group. It goes to your daily devotion, your YouVersion Bible app. And then what happens is I've learned to set my ears to hear from God because they are a weapon. And if I know what God is saying, then I know how to move. If I know what God is telling me to do, then I know exactly how I should be functioning. Why? Because I've set my ear. It's a weapon for me. And if I forget to use it, I'll never know what to do because I'll never know how to hear. Never know. The third weapon, and this might be my favorite one in the story, uh, I, I emphasized that a lot as we were reading through, is the feet of Israel. My feet are my weapon. I, I want you to think about it for a second. Let's just, I know that sometimes when we read Bible stories, and particularly when we read Bible stories that are more familiar, uh, you know, like, yeah, I've heard it in Sunday school for some of you, and I, and I understand that not everybody here has. But for a lot of people, this is a more familiar verse if you grew up in church or story. And I think sometimes when they're more familiar, we tend to sort of like just not pay attention to the details because we're almost like glazed over like, yeah, 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 what's your point, preacher, right? Like just get to it. But can we just think about it for a moment? Like here's some real people trying to, to establish a real move into a real promise. And they see a real supernatural move of God. Can you imagine actually watching the walls collapse. I mean, I know it sounds good and it's like super flannel board and Sunday schoolish and all that stuff, but it is like a real thing. People actually stood and watched these unbelievable walls just collapse to the ground by the power of God. The interesting thing though, that was on the last step on the last day. Israel's breakthrough began on the first day with the first step. And so they marched for six days. And then on the seventh day, they would march seven times. But what I want you to recognize is that, that their breakthrough started just like this. It was one step. Their feet became a weapon. It was, just, it was just one step. And I know that it sounds really simple, doesn't it? Well, yeah, okay, I should just walk because we love to use these phrases like I'm on a journey with God. It's my spiritual journey. And we love to talk about it. And I'm all about that language, by the way. I use that quite a lot because that's exactly what it is. But just one step sounds really simple, but sometimes one step is really, really tough. 
Like when I'm in that, that season of life, I'm in that journey where God is now saying to me, yeah, now it's time for you to trust me enough to give me the first fruits of your increase. I need you to now become a tither and pour into my house. That's your next step. Sometimes we're like, nah, I don't know if I want to take it. The thing is, breakthroughs that way. It's one step, but sometimes they're really, really big steps. Like when you just feel the, the move of God in your heart and it's like, you know what, it's, it's, it's time for me to stop living with my girlfriend. It's time for me to get before the Lord and honor God with my relationships and with my life. And God, I just feel like you're calling me to take a step, but my goodness, it's a really big step. God, I don't know if I want to take it. And God's saying, I wish you would because breakthrough's ahead of you. It's in, that, it's in that direction because breakthrough comes one obedient step at a time. The other thing I notice about their feet is that they were faithful. It wasn't just that they took steps, it was that they took consistent steps, faithfully over time. Day one, one step, two step, three step, four step. Day two, one step, two step, three step, four step. I just wonder what would have happened if they quit on day four. I know that I've been guilty of quitting too early because sometimes it's the faithful steps to get a little bit arduous. And I'm just, man, I'm about tired of doing this. And God, I don't know if you're moving in my life at all. My goodness. I mean, I've been coming to church for a year now. I did connect groups. I did this whole deal. And I don't know, man, I don't have all the feels and I don't get the goosebumps like I did in the first week. I don't know if I should keep going. And God's saying, just say, be faithful. Keep taking steps. It's important to your journey because breakthroughs ahead of you. It's just by faithful steps and a consistent move before God to say, yes, God, I'll trust you enough with my life. I'll just continue to take my steps. I'll take obedient steps. I'll take faithful steps. The Bible says they just marched around the city, marched around the city. They marched around the city. The fourth weapon that I noticed, though, uh, was their voice. They used their voices. Remember that part when he's like, shh, don't, like when you're marching, shh, don't say anything. Just, just take a step, another step, another step. Shh, don't, don't say anything. But then the seventh day is going to come, and the seventh lap is going to come, and then you're going to hear, you're going to hear this loud blast from this horn, and then I need you to use your weapon. I need you to shout. I need you to raise your voice. And here's what I want you to hear me say, that some of you have been using your voice as a weapon. The problem is you've been using it against you. Because you're speaking a negative narrative and a limited language about your life. Well, I'll never, I'll never have a, a relationship with, with God like Pastor Matt and Pastor Jill. I, I mean, I'll never get there, man. I mean, that's, that's like way up there. I, I'll, I'll probably always be. And all of a sudden, I'm just speaking a limited language. I have a belief about me that, that God, it's not God's design for me. But now my voice is being used in a negative context. You know, I guess my marriage will never be alive. I, you know, I guess, I, like, I guess it's just what it is. I mean, hey, we're paying the bills. And, you know, we can tolerate each other. I, I mean, it just, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. And all of a sudden, if, I, if I'm not careful, I can start speaking this language of this lid that stops me from going across the barrier that God's trying to get me to in a promised land for my life. Like you are, the, you are the entrepreneur that you believe you are in your heart. So it's time for you to stop saying, oh man, I'm, I'm never going to make it or I've tried 14 times and it's failed. If you believe that's God's promised land for you, then you need to change the narrative of your speech and you need to start declaring life. You need to speak about you, what God says about you and use your voice as a weapon for your promised land. Can I tell you something? It's not your diabetes. It's Satan's. He's trying to get you to take ownership of it. 
So just be careful. And listen, I'm not trying to be like that, like word of faith, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, you know, spit it and get it. Like I'm not trying to do all that. (laughs) What I'm trying to do, though, is talk about how important our words are. The Bible says death and life's in the power of my tongue. And so it's important for me to understand how to use it in the most effective ways. And this has been real for me just this year. I'll I'll do it really quickly. I'm, I'm almost done. I promise we'll land this plane. But this year, I found myself saying negative things about myself. I would make, th- this was my statement. I would say, I-, I have small faith. I have small faith. And the reason that I would say that is because there would be times when we would be in the rooms together, in teams, you know, or whatever. I, I mean, I- I'll tell you that when we went from-, from two services to three services at Church on the Rock, it wasn't my idea. I, I would have launched months later. It was Derek. I think he's here. My brother-in-law. Love you, homie. Uh, it was him. He showed up to a staff meeting. He had this incredible moment where he, he pulled the core values of our church out, our mission statement out. He made this really super compelling kind of speech to us, and he used Chick-fil-A to do it. It was very good. And, uh, and, it, and it helped us to take this step. And so out of that, I would make this statement, well, I just I have small faith. And what I, what I, the reason that I would say that is because sometimes God uses other people around me to stretch me. But when God called Lauren and I to quit our jobs to step into full-time work of ministry and like the income didn't match the outgo, can I tell you something? That was big faith. It took some really big faith. So I started to notice that I was speaking something over myself that wasn't even true about me, and I just had to find a way to change the narrative. And I, you know what? I got to say something different about me. And so I've got to find a way to say, you know what, I do, I do have big faith. When I know I've heard from God, when I use this weapon, then I'll leverage my faith in a big way. I'll take steps when I know my ears are working, when, I'm, when I know I'm in his presence, when I got all the weapons that I need, I'll have big faith. So I'm just encouraging some of you, this is all you needed to hear tonight because the only thing hurting you is yourself right now. It's the power of that tongue. Use it to speak life over your children and over your business and over your home and over your marriage. Man, use that weapon and speak life into your situation. My last point, uh, and I'm going to close right here, is point number five. This is, my, this is my fifth weapon, and this is the only one that I actually think might look like a weapon, and it's the sword. It's Israel's sword. So we have five, five weapons. The presence of God. I'm going to call it the proximity of God for you guys tonight. (laughs) Weapon number two are our ears. Weapon number three are our feet. Weapon number four is our voice. Weapon number five is our sword. I'm going to point out just a couple of things to you. Over in verse 17, the Bible says that Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared because they protected the spies. Then, watch this, in verse 20, the Bible says, suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed. There's like this supernatural moment. It's the supernatural power of God. These walls collapse. The sentence doesn't even end. It's just comma, and the Israelites charged straight into the city, and what they do? They captured it. And what they do? They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords. I want to help you, because I believe that there is a real, true risk that you run 
in believing God for your breakthrough. And I think what you and I risk in believing God for a breakthrough in our lives is that as soon as the walls collapse, everything's going to work out just perfectly. That's not how it went for Israel. God did a very supernatural thing and did for them what they could not do for themselves. And then instantly he said, now draw your sword. Because there are things to protect and there are things to destroy. And in some of our lives, there are certain things that we need to discover. What do I need to protect? And what do I need to destroy? Am, am I being fed and given life by being in church on Sunday? Protect it. Am I finding healthy next steps? Am I being loved, challenged, and known in my connect group? Protect it. Am I connecting to something I've never experienced before? Am, am I actually going to a depth with my heavenly father that I didn't even think was possible because I've been doing certain things? Then it's time to draw the sword and protect those things. Then the, really the next question would be, what are the things that are taking me away from the proximity of my father? It's time to destroy them. I mean, you know what? I got to kill them because God gave me a weapon. And I've got to pull that weapon out and I've got to use it. And so this weapon is going to be what I use to protect. And this weapon is going to be what I use to kill. And so I'll protect my family by setting the example. And no longer are my kids going to say, Daddy, are we going to go to church on Sunday? From now on, they're just going to know that we go to church. And this is how I protect you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect my schedule. I'm going to protect my wife by making time for her. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the things that I need to do, to do to protect what God has given me. And then I need to ask some questions like, what are the things that are taking me away from the proximity of my father? All right, it's time to kill those things. Those things have to go. The Bible says they have to be completely destroyed. Use your swords. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed. hope you enjoyed that message i would love for you to also to check out my brand new leadership podcast leadership with matt mcclory you can find it on itunes and spotify i would love for you to go and subscribe to that podcast and really get some more in-depth teaching on leadership i believe we're all called to lead in some area of life god has called all of us to do something with our lives and so therefore we can grow in the area of leadership would love for you to check it out god bless you